Cleveland Cold Brew Podcast. It is July 2nd. We have made it to the month of July. I'm Dave, joined by Matt Carroll, as always, and we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com and your hosts here on the Cold Brew Podcast. A lot of great things going on this week in the world of Brewers baseball. The Brewers have been winning this entire week. Uh, It's been fun to watch, to say the least, and especially who they've been winning against. After having a long stretch against sub-500 teams, the Brewers played their first uh, team above 500 uh, in a while, and the Chicago Cubs back at the AmFam Clam. And what do you know, Matt? The Brewers won all three. Mm. Yeah, they sure did. My One of my favorite parts about this is uh, that a lot of Cubs fans have been coming back on us winning so much by saying, well, you're only playing crappy teams. Yeah, well, we just beat your crappy team three times. So, oh, feels shots great. right. Shots right. are fired by Matt Carroll <laughs> and most of Brewers Nation. True. Well, and, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, that was a very well-contested series, with the exception of a couple of innings. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the game on Tuesday, the close one, um, where, where it ended 2-1. to one. That one was a little tense, a little stressful. Um, in one of the games, the Brewers scored 10 runs in one inning uh, to blow out the Cubs. In the other one, the Brewers scored five runs in an inning, and then eight runs in an inning to blow out the Cubs. So that was... Uh, quite the fun indeed. The Brewers are now on a nine-game winning streak after their win in Pittsburgh uh, here on Thursday night. And they have jumped out to a six. Is it now seven-game division lead or or six and a half? Um, I've not seen updated. what the Cubs did yet tonight. So It's, it's currently six and a half. The... the Cubs did not play tonight. So it's okay. a six and a half game lead. Um, and that's that's pretty good for being uh, right here at the beginning of July, Matt. Yeah, the uh, longest winning streak that they've had now since 2014. I've seen referenced a couple times now. Um, we all know what happened in 2014. Yeah, we, we don't um, want to talk gonna, about that, but yeah. that is the end of the discussion of that year. Yes. Um, it's interesting, though, you look at the teams, uh, the, the way that they were set up versus now. Um, you had a team back then who... Um, had a strong starting staff for the five main starters that year had ERAs in the threes. Um, not actually as crazy good as the starting staff this year, which just speaks to how amazing, you know, that trio of Burns, Woodruff and Peralta are as well as everyone else who's been joining them. Um, but then, you know, they had a little bit more firepower with names on that team, like Aramis Ramirez and uh, Jonathan Lucroy and Carlos Gomez. And obviously, Ryan Braun, who, hey, mm. maybe he makes an appearance at some point this year. And then the two teams match oh, up a little bit even more. Oh, now. Uh, and, I, I didn't know we were already at to the to the tinfoil hat section of the podcast this week. It's it's early this time. Um, we No, we'll shut that down. But, um, <laughs> for yeah, now. it's, it's you know, for all the good teams that we've had in these last few years, um, again, longest winning streak they've had um, since 2014, seven years ago. So, um amazing watching what they're doing especially after you know what that offense looked like for a while this year kind of caused those win streaks and losing streaks to you know shuffle into each other and now they are just on a roll yeah it has been fun to see and it's something that we've been looking for pretty much all season long I mean we've been trying to find consistency from this team I mean the pitching staff has been there uh, the bullpen has has sort of been there the offense has been up and down. It's been trying to get all of them in sync and all of them working together. And for the first few months, that really wasn't working. Um, and then Willie Adamas came in, and all of our lives got better. Um, he's been spectacular since since coming over to the Brewers. And I am now a member of the Willie Adamas Jersey Club. Yeah. Uh, when I went to the game on Tuesday, I went to the team store, and I had to get myself a Willie Adamas jersey. He's come through in the clutch so many times. He's so much fun. Um, and it was the it was a home run on Monday night there against the Cubs um, that just kind of clinched it, I guess, for me. Um, so I went uh, to the team store. the The only like like pre made player jerseys that they had at the time were Yelich, Colton Wong, Keston Hira, and Jackie Bradley Jr. 
I'm just like, hmm, those are four interesting options. I mean, Yelich, obviously, they're always going to have in stock. Um, but JBJ, Wong, and Hira, interesting choices. But mm-hmm. um, they're able to they, – they got the little press there, and they got all the, the letters and numbers. So they can make, you know, the jersey of, of pretty much any player um, at that point. They, they did not have the A's for the cream jerseys. So even if I wanted a cream jersey, which I wasn't necessarily sold on, they, they ran out of them. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, you got to kind of keep keep ordering those. Um, <laughs> but they had enough letter A's for the Navy jerseys for Adamus. So ah. so I got myself the the blue uh, jersey. Uh, beautiful Willie Adamus. Yeah, beautiful beautiful team store jersey. So it just it had to happen. And then he hit a grand slam the next day, and things. Uh, it looked like an even wiser decision. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Willie Adamas has come through multiple times now. And just what he's done since coming over. I mean, when, when the Brewers first got him, you know, he said he couldn't really see the ball well at the trop down in Tampa Bay. And, you know, he really just kind of wanted to to be on the road and, and be away from there. And from what he said, he can see the ball really well at Miller Park, American Family Field. Um, yeah, and I, I, I would agree with him. I think he can see the ball pretty well there. What do you think? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the same page there. Um, you know, we all, we all had that idea once we started looking up his split stats that, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, that move is going to work out in his favor and man, has it ever um 885 OPS it feels like it's higher top three shortstop in baseball in that time for OPS Adam McKelvey had that said earlier there and since coming over there's only been two shortstops in baseball that have had a higher OPS in that time Fernando Tatis Jr. and uh the other one Carlos Correa so fair so by OPS Carlos Correa or not Carlos Willie Adamas, top three shortstop in baseball. Yeah, and those are two uh, very impressive names to be included with, obviously. obviously. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's insane what he's done ever since he came here. And credit to David Stearns for keeping that eye on him this whole time. They, you know, he had said that they've kind of been watching Adamas, and they've they'd been talking with the Rays in the past, and you know, never quite were able to come to an agreement on anything, and then. You know, Arcia gets shipped out at the beginning of the season, creates a little bit of a hole. They start talking with the Rays a little bit more. But then, obviously, it's the defensive struggles of Urias that really kind of um, accelerated those talks. And it, hard to say that that didn't work out great for all parties involved. Um, yeah, that, I, I think what it did. Yeah, I think what it did is those defensive struggles from Urias, while probably not totally enough to cost someone his job you know it was really just three bad games it was. you know in the span of about six weeks which you know well well it's not great you know that generally wouldn't cost someone their job but it gave the brewers enough of an excuse to try to 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 make that kind of a deal because once yeah. they got once they got urias in november 2019 trying to justify bringing in adamas as well when you had when you had Urias and Arcia still there is very difficult to do. Right. You know, I mean, you already got two shorts out there battling it out, trying to bring in a third one. Um, it just kind of really wouldn't work out that well. You'd think and it's like, okay, what are you doing? Like you're just acquiring all these guys. Like only one of them can play shortstop at a time. And, you know, with them giving Urias a shot, um, cause Arcia had had plenty of chances I was like, okay, now I just kind of got to move on from him, give him a fresh start somewhere else. And he's still toiling in AAA in in Atlanta's system. And I really mm-hmm. think he should be a big leaguer somewhere. Um, but anyways, um, and then with Urias' struggles, it just kind of gives them that. It's like, okay, you know, now we just kind of got one guy and he's struggling. So let's get, let's get him. Because uh, the price back in 2019, if they're looking for a shortstop to compete with Arcia – I think the price back then, you know, or like Adamus wasn't available because right. the, all those shortstop prospects for Tampa Bay were too far away. So it's like, okay, we're not going to deal them or we're asking for too much. Um, and then they had to get Urias. And then when Adamus started becoming more available, 
then it's like, okay, well, now we kind of got to clear the decks a little bit. Yeah, and, and in 2019, um, Adamus was having, you know, his best year to date, only his second year, but he hit 20 home runs that year. Um, OPS was down a little bit, um, so he would have cost a pretty penny. He was still, you know, their shortstop of the future. Um, you know, that would have made it even tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, all the stars just aligned perfectly for him to end up in a Milwaukee Brewer uniform. And, oh, I am so happy. I will admit, I think a lot of us would be, you know, able to admit that we were a little thrown off by the move at first. Oh, yeah. I was 100% yeah. thrown off. Yeah. It, it's and, and that would have been a fair uh, assessment to make by a lot of people. Um, like, yeah, Urias had struggled, but he had would just gotten his shot at uh, that shortstop position. Yeah, it, it seemed like a panic move to bring right. in someone else after just six weeks and a few bad games. It, it just seemed like a panic move, but it wasn't panic. It was it was calculated from Stearns. Right, and it, it, it's, again, like it was easy to think of it as a panic move, especially when you're shipping off one of your most effective bullpen pieces um, as well Doable. as a potential reliever or starter of the future. Um, to do this from a bullpen that, you know, even then wasn't, you know, rock solid necessarily to start for the Brewers. So but this happens. Um, it has worked out. Um, and I was going to when you were mentioning Arcia earlier, I don't know if you saw the Braves have actually apparently started uh, trying him out in left field. Oh, um, but maybe to see if they can get that in his repertoire and see if the Ryan Braun call up. Try. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I. I, it's funny because I saw either that tweet or headline or something come across and uh, say that the Braves are starting to work Arcia at, and I'm expecting to see third base like the Brewers did. No, nope. left field. So Well, I, I mean, I think they need outfield help, and, and mm-hmm. Pache hasn't really been hitting for them, and Drew no. Waters I don't think is ready. So if they need some intermediate outfield help, perhaps that's where Arcia could fit in because – Really, in the infield, they have Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley. They don't mm-hmm. need Arcia at either of those spots unless one of those two guys gets hurt. Right. So, and both of those two have been performing well enough where, yeah, you don't need to think about any replacements at all. Riley has looked very good this year. Um, exactly. But no, you're you're right about the outfield. So um, that if you're the Braves, you traded for him for a reason, not only for depth. And Arcia is he has been smashing down in AAA. Like yeah. he, he, he got off to a hot start. He has not cooled down. So I'm sure they want to try and see if that offense can translate to major league level for a different team. Yeah, the, there was um, a play a couple weeks ago where it was the Nashville Sounds, the Brewers AAA affiliate against the Gwinnett Stripers, the Braves AAA affiliate. And Jonathan Lucroy is in okay. the Braves system in AAA. Jonathan Lucroy hit a grounder. Um, that Keston here, like Keston Hira, like had a bad throw. He was playing second base at the time. Keston here had a bad throw to first. The ball got away, and that allowed Orlando Arcia to score for a walk off for Gwinnett. So Jonathan Lucroy brought home Orlando Arcia on a walk off on a bad throw by Keston Hira, and I am just <laughs> it, like in AAA in 2021, and I'm just my mind is in circles trying to process this. Like how did all these guys get here? And it's even crazier when I think back to Arcia and Lucroy were completely different eras because Lucroy was traded the day before Arcia came up. They were never teammates on the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they knew each other in spring training. Sure. But they were never on the same major league Brewers squad at the same time. And I'm just like, this is nuts. For some uh, further old friendness going on, uh, the Sounds have actually been playing against Logan Morrison this week. Oh, um, he got gunned down at the plate by uh, Lipka, I, I believe. Our, our new, oh yeah, the, the one new of guy our Lip- guys. Yeah, um, but Ethan Small also struck him out last night. So that was uh, it's funny. Uh, new Brewer versus well, I, I'd say old Brewer, but it was last year, so it wasn't that old. Yeah. He's old, but Ethan Small channeling the strength of Mississippi State um, and yeah. coming into a start last night as Mississippi State won the College World Series. Dude, Will Bednar had an amazing game. He had six no-hit innings for Mississippi State against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yeah. With just such a vaunted lineup, shut him down completely in the biggest game of his life. Game three of the College World Series Finals. Um, I want the Brewers to draft him. He mm-hmm. He's a draft-eligible guy. 
Um, he's a potential first round pick. And I think perhaps that performance and his college world series performance as a whole could have vaulted him up into the middle of the first round. I saw one mock draft had him as high as 11th. Wow. So with the Brewers picking at 15, I think Bednar might be uh, an option and I would totally be down uh, if the Brewers took him. But we'll get more into the draft um, next week uh, to look at that a little bit more and the week after to look at um, what the actual draft um, results are. But let's talk a little bit more about this Cubs series. I mean, we started there on Monday, and it's it's a close game back and forth, both teams getting hits. Then you get to the 10th inning, and the Brewers just explode. And Cubs fans get all sad, and it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And Brian Anderson's like, oh, and the Cubs fans are heading home. And that was just when it was 7-4. to four. The Brewers still had seven more runs to pile on. Um, and that just going through that inning, just hit after hit after hit, just clutch hit. I think they had, God, I think eight or nine of those runs came with uh, two outs. Because there was a sack fly, uh, I believe that Taylor had, um, to, to bring home. It was a sack fly that someone had. Um, that, that got it to two outs and the Brewers were up like seven, I think. And then they scored seven more runs after that. It, it, it got laughable (laughs) at one point. I mean, that's all I could do as I was watching that, um, was just, it just kept happening and eventually I just kept laughing that we were still scoring. I mean, Kesson Hira, uh, Pops a homer, uh, Jace Peter, Jace Peterson. I uh, okay. I, uh, I apologize for everything I've bad I've ever said about <laughs> Jace Peterson in the past. I have to. He's earned it at this point. Yeah. Um, Peterson with a run scoring double. Adamas had a home run. Uh, Urias, who is uh, hot, hot, hot right now, um, had a run scoring. Du- just everything, and it just kept going and going and going. And yes, um, with two outs, it was everything past the Tyrone Taylor sacrifice fly. So eight of the 10 runs were with two outs. It looks like that's, that's nuts. (laughs) I mean, and that's, and that's part of why it just got so laughable. Um, But because this team hasn't done that all year, two outs in the scoring position. They don't come through yet. Here they are. Yeah. And against the Cubs, of course, but you know what? Things just go a little different when you, uh, when you go against the Cubs and let's not forget too. Um, that they intentionally walked Christian Yelich to face Willie Adamas, and then mm-hmm. he just blasted one. Oh, yeah. that was beautiful to watch. Was that the one Manny Pena called? Yeah, that was the one Manny Pena called. They showed Pena in the dugout saying, look, Adamas, he's just pointing at him, just going yard, just, just gesturing, cool. just going yard. And on the second pitch, he went yard, and he just had a massive bat flip, just chucked it towards <laughs> oh, the dugout. Oh, it was beautiful. And and that's a swagger this team had been missing for a while. Like, they're not the big bat flip kind of guys. And, you know, they hadn't really had that, that kind of swagger and juice, you know, from the lineup when they had those kind of hits. Like, you know, Avisel Garcia kind of has a little bit of a bat slam. Um, Yelich doesn't really engage in any of that. Um, they, they'd been kind of missing stuff like that. And, and Adamas brings that juice, brings that energy um, and he's been fantastic. And he brought it again there on Wednesday as the Brewers were going for the sweep. And, okay, uh, let, let's start off with, with how that went. Uh, Aaron Ashby, one of our favorite prospects, mm-hmm. he gets the call. We're all super excited, right? Friend of the podcast, Aaron, don't forget. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Aaron Ashby. We had him on uh, before the season started. So uh, be sure to go back and listen to that episode, our interview with Aaron Ashby. Um, and he comes up. For his major league debut. Naturally, we're all excited because he's a friend of the podcast and he's a really great pitcher. And things go horribly wrong. Uh, pretty much right off the bat. Uh, just you know, a single and then another single, and then um it was just then it was a walk, and then a there's a grounder to Adamas um that he just completely whiffed. Uh, he was charging it just straight under his glove into the outfield. Um, and then a bunt towards first. Keston here is standing there like a statue. He's just frozen. He doesn't know what to do. Whether It's like, dude, charge the ball or go back to the base. Pick one. You can't just stand there, dude. And, you know, then it just it ends up in no man's land. Another hit. And, 
just weak contact, walk, and can't find the plate and just ends up getting rattled pretty quickly. Next thing you know, seven runs are on the board, and Ashby's debut is done after just two-thirds of an inning. And I, I feel so bad for him. You know, like, mm-hmm. he got absolutely no help uh, with his defense. You know, Adamas, Hira, Narvaez was having a really tough time catching him. Um, it was just, it was bad. It was a horrible, horrible way for your debut to go. You feel bad for the kid. And you look at Twitter, and everyone's just like, oh, well, this game's done. Turn this off. This is horrible. Like, give it up. And, you know, everyone's all upset and everything. But the Brewers did not have that attitude. Mm-mm. They did not. They decided to pick him up um, because they certainly didn't pick him up in the field. Yeah. And by the fourth inning, they had themselves a seven-run lead after being down seven runs to start. And you could just kind of tell right away, like, there, there was just kind of this weird feeling. Like, I hadn't totally given up, but I just kind of had this weird feeling, like, they're going to do something. You know, did, did yeah. you have that kind of feeling? I, I I wasn't quite sure after the first inning because, you know, they had a chance to, you know, really come close to evening it up right away. They ran almost all the way through the batting order in the bottom of the first, but couldn't quite put it across. It almost I almost wondered a little bit is like, oh, it's OK. So we're not scoring with runners in scoring position again. OK, like I, I get it. But. As soon as that second inning rolled around and things started to happen, Miguel Sanchez <laughs> ends up getting on base, um, <clears throat> not on a single. I think it was Fielder's choice, um, but then comes home on the uh, Luis Arias homer. That's when I started thinking, like, OK, I, I need to keep watching this game. And I mean, I was going to keep watching it regardless, obviously. Right. Um, but that's that for me was when I got the feeling of this one is nowhere close to over. And then just like that, they almost tied it up in that second inning. They end up leaving the second inning uh, down just one run. Yeah. But you, but you could for tell sure the energy was then, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You knew there was no quit in that team. Um, and either it was going to be. Um, big scoring on both sides or the Brewers were going to find a way to uh, take it. And that's what ended up happening. The Cubs didn't score again for the entire rest of the game. Yeah. And and Craig Council called it a bullpen game and it was in Ashby. You know, the plan was for him to go two or three solid innings um, and then hand it off, but ended up having to go to the bullpen much earlier. Miguel Sanchez was the first one out and he did a really fine job. And Mm -hmm. I mean, bullpen games almost seems, seems like Craig Council's bread and butter. You know, the way he manages a bullpen um, and just kind of seems to push the right buttons pretty much all the time. And all those guys just just completely pitched well uh, and, and dominated and did their jobs. I mean, Jake Cousins came in. He did really well. Hunter Strickland did well. Um, they had all those guys kind of come through and, and come up big. Trevor Richards pitched well. And he ended up getting the win. I think he was a pitcher yes, of record when, uh, when the Brewers took the lead. Um, so that's that's a nice, easy win for him, I guess. But um, yeah, it, it's just it, it was so great to see from that group. Um, and then the offense just pouring it on and, and coming through. And what was absolutely hilarious is while the Brewers were doing all of this and scoring all of these runs, Andy Haynes gets ejected. Yes. The hitting coach gets ejected arguing balls and strikes because Christian Yelich got called out. um on strikes and it was it was a borderline pitch but probably a strike but Yelich has kind of been getting hosed on borderline pitches all season long and Andy Haynes is going to stick up for his guys and he's big mad and he's just going out there going at the umpire just and Craig Council's got to hold him back he's like dude you gotta chill like (laughs) and and Council just kind of doesn't know what to do he's like I'm not really arguing this is this is all this guy and yeah, because Yelich isn't going to say anything. Like Yelich isn't the type to really kind of you know show that and and showboat an umpire and and show that kind of emotion. He'll just kind of shake his head and walk away. Uh, but Haynes, Haynes is not that kind of guy. Um, and and he let him know about it. No, it was hilarious because yeah, Council is like no, no, stop, 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 no, come back here, no, stop. And he was trying to get around him and get in front of him and. No, Haynes was on a mission, and you're right. Like that that call when they uh, when you pulled it back up online um, and looked at it in the in the box, you know that was a strike. Um, it was borderline, but it was a strike. 
Um, but absolutely, like we've been talking about this for two years. Like Christian Yelich does not get an MVP type treatment up there in the box. Um, he gets all you know these uh, outside calls for called strikes all the time, and Haynes was just sick of it. He was just done, and so he yeah. went out there and said his piece about it. And in the middle of an eight run inning, <laughs> yes, and the Brewers were already up plenty. Like like point, this, this was with the bases loaded. And, like, Yelch strikes out, and then Willie Adamas comes up and hits a grand slam Ooh. right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just insane. Like, hitting coach gets ejected, arguing balls and strikes. Next guy, boom, grand slam. Like, it's just, it, it was amazing. Um, it, it's fun to see Andy Haynes like that a little bit. This is the second time mm-hmm. now. Um, one of the assistants has gotten way more mad uh, at umpires. Nice. Murph in the Zach Godley game going after the first base umpire. That was a thing of beauty. Oh man. I'd love to hear what, what Murphy said to him. It would not be uh, good for air. Uh, (laughs) We'd have to put an explicit content warning on that one, but oh man, I'd also love to see what Andy Haynes said. Um, We'd also probably need an explicit content warning for that. But you know, that's, that that's fine that we don't have that audio, but the Brewers ended up winning, taking all three against the Cubs, and jumped out to a six-game lead um, over them. Nine and three in the season series against mm-hmm. the Cubs. Yeah, and this means- rivalry, um, th- this rivalry between the Brewers and the Cubs, it- it's something where for the longest time the Brewers were kind of the little brother in that rivalry, and always just kind of you know trying to to get up there, and always just kind of battling maybe for a ten-nine. Um, you know, season series and just trying trying to get that respect. And now the Brewers have have kind of grown and, and gotten far better than the, than the Cubs. I mean, the, the Brewers are just a better team straight up. Like it, it's not even I don't even think it's close right now, the way the Cubs have been playing and the way the Brewers are playing. Yeah. Nope. Flip the script a little bit. Uh, yeah. the Cubs there. Um, all they need now, they got seven more games uh, against the Cubs and just need to win one of them to take the season series yeah. at this point. Oh, and, and what are the good. odds that they only win just one the rest of the season? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, eight and th- or nine and nine and three. Nine, nine and three. three. Nine and three already at this point. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the Cubs. It was hard to tell coming into the season exactly what they were going to be like. Uh, Their projections were all across the board from, you know, winning the division to taking third or fourth. Um, And they still have that offensive core in Baez and Bryant and Rizzo to where you still have to wonder what they can do offensively. And they got on a little roll there in, uh, you know, May or so um, where they, went to the top of the division and it was like, okay, well, they're going to do the same thing they did last year. Um, but they always had that suspect pitching. Um, if, if it weren't for um, Alzale being in the rotation this year, I don't know that they'd have a pitcher who throws harder than about 91 miles an hour, a starting <laughs> pitcher, I should say. Um, so they've got that. Their bullpen had actually been solid until they got into this series. Yeah. Um so they're just nothing's really going right for them. And you look at um, kind of some of the Cubs fans and the sports writers on Twitter and around social media, um, and they are not optimistic right now about this. No, team. I, I saw one Cubs writer like, "This is a low point right here. Mm-hmm. Just just that that blowout game there by, by the Brewers. I mean, you, they were up seven nothing, yeah, and they lost fifteen to seven. Fifteen unanswered runs. They gave up. Luis Arias homered twice." He's got he 10 did. homers on the season now. He's on pace for 20 on the year. That's that's notable uh, in its mm-hmm. own right. But, yeah, could you imagine if the Brewers had gotten themselves a seven-run lead and their pitching staff completely not only blew it, but but gave up double the amount of runs that your own guy scored? No. I mean, I can't. Uh, imagine Twitter that. would melt. They would yeah. call for Chris Hooks firing immediately. They would yep. call for Council's firing. Someone would call for David Stearns as well, I'm sure. Yep. And but, Andy Haynes, because why not? And Andy Haynes, because he didn't have them hit enough. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, but it sure is beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm still looking at the box score right now and just <laughs> I'd, I'm shedding a little tear over here. 
Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, that that helps the, jump, the Brewers jump out to a six-game lead. And although, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's not completely, um, you know, locking things down. I mean, there's, there's still three months to go. We're at the halfway point of the season. Um, but, you know, the bigger cushion you can get, the better. You know, won't complain about a bigger cushion at all. Um, especially as it comes down to the wire and it will come down to the wire in, in the national league central because it, it just does. Um, so I, I wouldn't exactly expect, you know, running away with it, but you know, we'll see what can happen. I mean, the Brewers are on a nine game win streak at the moment um, as they won the first game against Pittsburgh as Corbin Burns had himself uh, mm-hmm. a hell of a game uh, going into the eighth inning, um, giving up just one run, um, just, extremely efficient, uh, less than a hundred pitches, but he did end up leaving that game early, um, which was kind of scary for a bit, but luckily the update, Matt, uh, mm-hmm. has been pretty positive. Yes. Sounds like, um, he Burns caught his cleat a little bit, um, on one of the pitches, um, kind of bugged him a little bit. Um, you saw him actually motion over towards the dugouts on that last out that he recorded, uh, to kind of let them know about it. But um, you know what? Athletes know their body. They know when something's a little bit off. And um, he was being smart. He was, you know, letting the guys know that, you know what, maybe, you know, I'm I'm at right about the top end of the amount of pitches I'm going to throw anyway. You know, maybe it's time to uh, come on out of the game. So props to him for actually not just recognizing that, but actually um, doing something about it. Because, you know, we all know athletes are, competitive and they want to gut it out and you know try and play as long as they can and you know Burns gets that hey we're only halfway through this season so maybe let's be smart about this one so hopefully major bullet dodged when it comes to Corbin Burns tonight yeah Burns said he's not too concerned about it at all Uh, Craig Council said right now we are optimistic about his next start with it not being very serious so it was very concerning when, I mean, you see a guy throw a pitch, and then as the play's unfolding, he motions with mm-hmm. his glove to the dugout, hey, trainer, come on out here, um, and getting pulled from the game. That just kind of has your heart just drop straight in the in the tank, especially when you are as big of a Corbin Burns guy as <laughs> me. Um, but, I mean, really, the, the Brewers can't necessarily afford to lose a guy like Burns for any sort of extended period of time, and luckily it appears that they won't, so... Uh, instead, let's talk more about Burns's dominance, because I like doing that. Uh, he didn't necessarily have the strikeout numbers today because, you know, the Pirates kind of are jumping on him early in counts. Um, they, they didn't really kind of let it get that far, uh, which led to the efficient outings. He had a six pitch first inning um, and kept the efficiency going from there. Um, you know, what did you really kind of see from Burns in, in his start today that um, was just eye-opening to you a little bit, I guess. You know, more than anything, he was he, he was mixing pitches up the way that he needed to. Um, I think Narvaez called a great game back there. They had the Pittsburgh batters off balance, with the one exception being Ben Gamble. Yeah. Um, I know he only finished one for four, uh, but one of them was a home run, and he almost had a second home run before that, that JBJ... Oh, my gosh. I, oh, yeah. Let's, I, let's talk about that. <laughs> I've complained in the past about how, you know what, can you just not raise my blood pressure a little bit and do that little nonchalant, I'm acting like the ball's not even coming towards me, and then, oh, I'm catching it. Well, it helped double off Jacob Stallings from first when he did it because he acted like the ball was going to go out, ends up catching it and firing to first. Stallings is past second. He has to go back, touch second, and try and make his way back to first, didn't even get close. Just just a beautiful uh, performance by Bradley Jr. on that fly and ball. He's got a hose, man. Yes, he he's, does. He's got, a, he's got a fire hose, just a cannon, a, a rifle, a howitzer, whatever <laughs> term you want to use. Um, he, can, he can throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, just an absolute cannon uh, to gun him down. And I am using so many different... Uh, <laughs> you got any more there? Cannon, gun, rifle. It's whatever it is, it's explosive. You get the picture. 
Um, yeah, it, it's just as it's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, th- and that's an underrated part of that play too, because he was way out there in center field, like mm-hmm. from the warning track. Uh, yeah. He made that throw to first base on a hop. Um, you you really just can't put it there any better than that. So. Do not run on Jackie Bradley Jr. Nope. Uh, and also do not run on Manny Pena or Omar Narvaez because mm-hmm. that's also been shown to be bad for your health. Speaking more of health, Colton Wong did leave uh, that game against the Pirates early. He re-aggravated that calf injury that kept him out of the Cubs series um, that you know they were hope that they were trying to avoid an IL stint with uh, that, that they said he was going to avoid. Comes back into the lineup for the first time on Thursday. And after three or four innings, uh, he ends up re-aggravating it uh, and has to leave the game, which led to Daniel Robertson uh, getting into the game. Um, but Colton Wong, and now according to uh, counsel um, and the comments that he made post-game, uh, he said that it was re-aggravated calf injury. Injured list is under consideration, especially given All-Star break approaching. It would give him some more time. They'll see how it feels tomorrow. But counsel, the counsel said that Wong is back to square one. And this would be, if he goes on the IL, Wong's third IL stint of the season already. He's missed uh, some time with oblique injuries twice, and now he's got a calf aggravating him. Yeah, and of course it would happen uh, when he was so hot when he came off of his last injured list stint. Um, He was 12 for 33 since he got back, three homers, three doubles, that OPS of 1.110 to go along with it. And yeah, he he ends up sitting the Cubs series, comes back, and uh, now he's back out, back on the IL. And it's it's unfortunate because he's provided so much to this team when he has been in. He's hitting almost 300 for the season uh, with an OPS of 839, which is, those are good um, numbers for him uh, compared to his career averages. Um, Luckily, though, uh, we have one of the hottest replacements currently for him in both Luis Urias and, yeah, that's right, Jace uh, Peterson. <laughs> Jace Peterson has been amazing lately, and none of us saw this coming. Yes, he had some decent on-base skills, uh, mostly in the forms of walks prior to this. Yeah. Um, but if he wasn't doing that, generally he was striking out. So, you know, he was a two-true outcome type guy, I believe you mentioned on the last <laughs> podcast episode. Um, but lately he's been doing everything and he was doing it again today. So, you know, you've got some hot hands that you can ride with, luckily, to just kind of get by until the all-star break, which is what it sounds like uh, council wants to do. And then you go from there. And so, you know, a lot of different people are contributing and that's a big part of this winning streak right now is everyone is contributing. Uh, there, it's hard to identify a cold bat right now in the lineup here has been good since he's come back jackie bradley jr is getting hits with runners in scoring position jb july that's that's right oh i like that yeah Yeah. um yeah everyone's doing their job so as long as everyone continues to do that they'll be able to weather the storm too just like they have all the numerous injuries they've dealt with this season yeah i am not ready to back off my Jace Peterson stance. First of all, I think the hate, uh, I think he thrives on it. Um, for one thing, I, I think he just wants to prove me wrong. Um, but I mean, there's, it's so like, how, how, like, like, how does this keep happening? Um, and, and I, I looked this up, uh, earlier, mm-hmm. Jace Peterson this year has a 346 batting average on balls in play. Uh, his career Babbitt, his career batting average on balls in play is 286. So he is well above his career norms um, on, on uh, balls put in play. Um, so part of it, I think, is he's getting super lucky. Uh, part of it, perhaps teams just really aren't expecting him to doing it, do anything. It's like, oh, he can only walk. You know, if I throw him a strike at all, he won't be able to do anything. And they just leave a meatball down there that he ropes for a single or a double or whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, what do you know? He actually can do something with a strike. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It is it is mind-boggling. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't mind being proven wrong because that, that means that he's playing well. Mm-hmm. But it's, 
It's been a revelation. I mean, he puts up great at bats. He does. He he mm-hmm. he battles there and he sees a whole lot of pitches. Um, and he's actually you know filled in pretty well defensively. I mean, he can play at at first, at second, at at third. Um, so he can kind of fill in all across there. So I mean, he's a good guy to to have you know on the bench. Um, but you know he's been filling in a little bit more now with Wong hurt and and especially now if he's going to be on the IL for a bit. He's going to be filling in more often, so it's just been it's just been incredible. I, I think he might be putting himself and putting himself into you know Brewers um, folk hero status almost. <laughs> Little bit, um, and this is a guy too who's been uh, DFA'd already once this season. He started down yeah. in the minors, was called, and no up. one wanted him. No yeah. one picked him up. Nope. At the nope. time, he was hitting like crap. At, like he was hitting a buck sixty. He walked a bunch, but he wasn't hitting. Now all of a sudden, he's hitting. He's hitting like two fifty, I think, on the year now. Yeah, something yeah, close was, to uh, that. He was two sixty actually going into today's. Oh my game. god! Yeah, <laughs> with an uh, on base percentage of almost four hundred, might actually be four hundred after today's game. Not sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you want to continue to let him feed off of your hate, that's fine. If that's what's working, then. Hey, let's uh, keep them going. Like the Emperor in Star Wars. That's right. Um, But I'll give him his due. I'll give him his respect. I gave him the hat tip the other day. So I'm just I'm I'm glad it's working out for us. Um, And yeah, yeah, he's he's joining those uh, names of lore like Hernan Perez when he's been on the top of his game. And, you know, all those classic utility guys that we love to have on this team. Elian Herrera. Yeah, him too. That's that that's throwing it back. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it, it's just been you know, he's he's just kind of been stepping up, you know, while while other guys have been have been down and you know, we need guys like that. Keston Hira has come back and we were concerned um previously about whether or not, you know, it was too soon. Um, but you know, he said he's been feeling normal and he's been hitting a lot better. He's he's honestly mm-hmm. looking like his normal self. Yeah, uh, it's not like he's, you know, completely devoid of the strikeouts. We always know he's going to have some strikeout ability. He just can't be 50% of the freaking time. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's making some good contact. He's drawing walks here and there. Um, he Just today, um, the RBI single he had, he went opposite field with it. So, you know, he's even hitting to multiple fields when he has to. Here and there. So it's just, oh, it's just, you, you love to see it. It felt so terrible watching him going through all those struggles when we've seen him at his best. We know he can hit. He didn't just lose the ability. He just needed to get that confidence back. And, oh, it just feels great to finally see it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, and, you know, he's a guy that you really just kind of can't help but root for. Like, you know, you, you want him to succeed. Like, no one wants to see a guy really struggle that bad. I mean, you know what's wearing on him, and you know what he's got going on um, in his life that, you know, you really just kind of want him to do well, not only for the team, but just for himself personally. Um, so it's good to really kind of see him get that going again. And, you know, now, as we, as we mentioned earlier, if we can get Jackie Bradley Jr. going, uh, that mm-hmm. would also be nice because um, his season uh, did not get off to a great start in the first half here. He earned an F. Uh, in our mid-season report cards, um, which are up now on reviewingthebrew.com, by the way. Uh, so go check those out there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's really no other grade for Jack Bradley Jr. Whatever defense he's providing, and, and it's been the great defense, mm-hmm. um, it cannot cover for a 150 batting average and a sub-500 OPS. No. No, it can't. Um, but he's definitely turned things around. Uh, recently, he was always someone who had had – strong splits in June, um, actually the strongest of his career. And so um, you had hoped that, and he actually, you know, one of those first uh, game or two of the month, he, you know, was starting to get some hits and was like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to happen. But then he kind of slowed back down a little bit. Um, You have to imagine maybe some of the increased playing time he's gotten with Kane still on the shelf, who sounds like he's uh, pretty close to working his way back. He's starting to do some uh, field activities um, we still don't have an official timetable on him, um, but, you know, maybe that's what's kind of led to it. But now Bradley Jr., 
um, who had hits, uh, five hits in uh, three of his last four games, uh, came into tonight and had a big uh, run scoring double at one point right after the, I believe it was Jace Peterson triple, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, he's picking things up just a little bit. Now it's uh, it's hard to tell if that's going to actually turn into a long-term thing or not, but uh, fingers know, crossed. we can hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a rough season for him. And, you know, especially after signing that contract and coming over, you know, first season with a new team, you know, you really kind of want to, you know, get off to a hot start right away. Um, and he just wasn't able to do that. Um, so uh, there, but there's still half a season left and, you know, hopefully he can, uh, he can turn things around and, and get hot there towards the end. So, um, that's really just kind of what you like to see the Brewers, the Brewers are going streaking nine games Woo-hoo! in a row that they have oh, won. God. And they've, they've jumped out to a six and a half game division lead over the Cubs. Uh, the Reds after that, and the Cardinals are in fourth place so in the cool. NL central. Man, you just hate to see it. It couldn't happen to a nicer group of guys. I'm not sure if you could pick that up, but there was sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> no devil magic left. Love it. And, and I wouldn't be well, too, too quick to say that. Okay. that. Never mind. That, Never mind. I take yeah. it back. Take, take it back. back. Didn't say anything. Yeah, nothing happened. Hey, look, nothing. a bird. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bird? Is that a plane? I don't know. Anyways. Bucks Yeah. Oh, Bucks win tonight, by the way. All that. Yeah, Bucks win in game five without Giannis, right. who also, thankfully, is okay, just like mm-hmm. Corbin Burns is okay. Um, so uh, perhaps we'll see him again at some point uh, this this postseason, hopefully, ideally. Um, but they got the win at home, game five. Um, and that means chance to go to the finals against Phoenix in game mm-hmm. six. And that would really piss off ESPN, which would be fantastic. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you really don't want to have the NBA Finals in terrible cities, but That's right. sometimes mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not salty about it at all. Speaking of ESPN and Milwaukee, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers game against the Chicago White Sox on July 25th mm-hmm. has been... Uh, uh, moved has been flexed to Sunday night baseball on ESPN. So instead of a one o'clock start, it's now a six o'clock start and the Brewers getting some national attention, whereas they normally do not. Yeah, that'd be a fun game. I actually just, it's funny you say that because I got a little message from a buddy in the backgrounds uh, reminding me that uh, I have tickets to that game. So do apparently I. are now in prime time. So uh, that'll be a great opportunity for us to show off our terrible city. Yeah. To everyone. But, but, you, but you know, what's even better. The fact that you and I have tickets to that game yes. is that we will not have to listen to the ESPN broadcasters. Yes. For that game. Beautiful. I didn't because I don't, like nothing against them. Like, like just kind of technically speaking, like they're good broadcasters. Um, but they just, <sighs> I just feel like their knowledge of the Brewers is very limited and it doesn't seem like they really kind of try to get to know them and just what they say always just kind of seems wrong, but they say with such conviction, that's like, Oh yeah, this is totally right. Like, like this is what's happening. And it's like, um, no, no, that's not accurate, but you know, you can't correct them through the tree, through the TV, but it, it just, it just kind of always seems that way, you know, whenever they have it on, on Sunday night baseball, cause they, they just kind of talk so generally um, about it and just kind of what they have on the team, just, especially a team like the Brewers that they really don't pay much attention to. Um, it, it's just super limited and, and really just kind of harms the broadcast as opposed to having someone like Brian Anderson and Bill Schroeder in the booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it would be even worse this year. Like it's not one of those years where we have, you know, kind of the more star studded lineup, like where you have a Yelich and a Moustakis and a Grandal and like those types of players that, you know, maybe the national media are a little bit more familiar with and they can try and at least <laughs> make something up. Um, the Brewers are kind of doing this with guys, you know, obviously we still have Yelich, 
um, oh, and should throw Braun's name in there for previous years as well. Um, you know, we obviously still have Yelich, but um, I feel like we're doing this with, um, you know, kind of these, some of these lesser, t- that's maybe not the right word because they're obviously all very talented, but not the, not the big name guys, you know, yeah. that, but, um, I mean, like, not like the recognizable got... names. Let's go, let's yeah. say it that way. Yeah. Like, I mean. Matt Vaskersian is is the play by play guy, and like he knows Milwaukee a little bit better because he was True. the play by play guy uh, in Milwaukee for a couple of years. So perhaps he'll be you know a little bit better, but he hasn't um, been the guy in Milwaukee for a long time. But then also as a, as a color commentator, you got Alex Rodriguez, and that's just kind of a disaster and a half. Um, so thankfully, I will not be listening to that broadcast, and I will be <laughs> at the game. Uh, for that one. And I will have Bob Euchre's voice ringing through the concourse um, so I can hear that when necessary. So um, that'll be good. Um, but hey, Brewers getting some some national attention. Um, and I suppose it's about time. And perhaps if they get more of it, um, they can accurately, ESPN can accurately talk about Milwaukee uh, and the Brewers. But we'll see. Not going to hold my breath for it. No. Um, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Cold Brew Podcast. Uh, be sure to follow Matt and I on Twitter. Matt's at MKEMatt13. I'm at DGasper24. Um, MLB Draft is coming up in about 9, 10 days, coming up July 11th. Um, we'll have more on that next week and the week after um, as we kind of preview and review uh, the draft in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as well as obviously talking about uh, the other subjects, the all-star game also coming up in about two weeks and uh, the trade deadline is this month. So a lot going on uh, in baseball this month. So it's going to be very busy, very busy at reviewing through as well. A lot of articles uh, to be coming out uh, over this month. Uh, So be sure to stay tuned there um, and, and check it every single day for new updates, new articles, uh, that we'll have coming out. Um, so I'm sure to check there. I'm sure to check both of our Twitters because um, we'll have continue continuous updates uh, there about the Brewers. Um, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. Matt, any final words? Uh, Bucks and six. <laughs> I Bucks know and six. There we go. Guess, that, that's how you need it. to end it right there. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the Cold Brew Podcast. We'll see you next week.